Welcome to Stay Gold, an Outsiders podcast. My name is Sam Mulberry, and I am joined as always by... Esme Mulberry. Esme, we are working our way through the 2005 release of The Outsiders, the complete novel by Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, this is a, a, a director's cut of his 1983 film, but we're working through this film five minutes at a time in five-minute segments. Um, so today we are looking at the 45-minute mark to the 50-minute mark of the film. Um, we should just say at the top, this is maybe the episode we were most excited for. Yeah. In some ways. It's great. And it's not because it's going to be a good episode. It's because this has a, a what is for us in, in our family an iconic movie-watching moment. Yeah. Um, maybe one of the great moments of movie-watching of all time was watching... Uh, this something that happens in this five minutes. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's truly amazing. Yes. So I mean, we're just we're just calling this episode the haircut episode because mm-hmm. that's that's what it is. But before we jump into the five minutes, uh, maybe we should remind ourselves where we are at in the movie in a little segment we call previously on Stay Gold. So in the last five minutes, Pony Boy and Johnny. We start with them still at Buck Merrill's talking to Dally. So they leave and they follow Dally's plan. So they get on a train, go to Windrickville. They meet an oil worker. They ask where to go to get to Jay Mountain. And they get to the church and they lie down to get some sleep. And that's when the five minutes ends. Yeah. So our last episode is completely unnecessary because you basically just summed up what we talked about in half an hour in three sentences, but yeah. that, that's what happens. You didn't really miss a beat <laughs> other mm-hmm. than there's some Elvis music playing. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into this five minutes. This five minutes, there's a lot more going on than in the last five. So we ended last time with Johnny uh, and Pony Boy lying on the floor, drifting off to sleep. And Pony Boy asked Johnny if he's all right, uh, but Johnny's already fast asleep. It's like the second his head laid down he was out mm-hmm. um we start to hear the strains of elvis's tomorrow is a long time start to play now it's interesting because we've heard this song before in this movie right when did we mm-hmm. hear this song before uh the other dream sequence about the country with yeah. his parents so the last time pony boy fell asleep this song played when he, and he had a dream um so pony boy is starting to have another dream he fades to black and then we fade back in. Pony Boy is now asleep. Um, and we, so now the the camera, we cut to the wall of the church and there's a door that's like a black door. Mm-hmm. Or it's not, it's, excuse me, not, it's not a door. It's an, a door opening, a doorway that's dark. Yeah. Um, but um, in this, we see as if we're looking into the kitchen at the Curtis house um, and we see... Um, we see Derry in the kitchen um, cooking breakfast. We f- we fade into that, and then we fade back to Pony Boy, and then we fade to Soda Pop waking up Pony Boy in bed, and then we fade back to Derry in the kitchen again saying it's time to get up, and then as Pony Boy wakes up, we see Derry fade, and we realize that we're back in the church. Yeah, that that it, this is this is a great piece of filmmaking because it is convincing that. What we're looking at is a doorway into the kitchen where Derry is cooking, 
but it's also the church door, but it's also this doorway in the church. Those two things meld together visually really well. Yeah. So when it fades out, it's disconcerting. It's like you're lo- it's like this thing is slipping out of your hands. This memory of his older brother mm-hmm. and the kind of safety and security of home. Yeah. Um, so I think this is I think this is a, a pretty as much as the first dream sequence of his parents' death is maybe a little awkward in how it's presented and yeah this I think is really effective mm-hmm. and also like it's also interesting because in the other releases moving from eighty three uh there's the shot of like dairy in the doorway but then there isn't the one of soda pop. Right. So it's like a shorter version of this. It's only the second shot of Dairy in the doorway. That's yeah. the, that's the whole dream. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like the expansion of this. It's just a little bit longer, but you get this sense of he's thinking about his home life. It's not just yeah. Dairy saying waking wake up, but it's Dairy talking about cooking breakfast and you know that he's that it's time to get up because breakfast is ready. And you figure Ponyboy's probably really hungry right now. Yeah, he's feeling unsafe and and. And he's hearkening back to the the safety and comfort of being home with his brothers. So as Pony wakes up, he calls out for Johnny, and he realizes Johnny isn't there. Um, but he looks down at the ground, and written in the dirt, uh, in big block letters, is "Be back soon." Mm-hmm. So we know that Johnny has left. And if we've been paying attention to the movie, we know where Johnny went. Yeah, uh, because the thing that um, that. Uh, that Dally tells them to do right away when they get to Windricksville is to just to go get groceries. So yeah. that's where we assume that he is gone. And it's in the book. He writes a much longer message. He writes like went to get supplies, be back soon, and then writes like JC underneath it for Johnny Cade. And like I kind of like that they just shortened it to be back soon because it makes way more sense to me that he writes this shorter message than like a two sentence and then signs his name. Yeah, and Be Back Soon is hard enough to read as it is. Imagine if he had written all of that. Yeah. He'd be like, because it's, it's hard to light this in a way where you can actually see it amongst the dirt. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they just went with the three yeah. words. It actually looks pretty cool written there. Mm-hmm. So we cut to Pony Boy outside. He's now washing his face in the water pump behind the church. Um, and this is I, maybe just to establish the water pump that Dally talked about. Yeah. Um, so he's outside the church. Um, this is also a scene which is cut out of the movie. This this little sequence here outside of the church is not in the movie at all. Uh, not in the 83 movie. Um, so he sees someone coming and he runs to hide in the church cellar. Now, I watched this twice and each time I watched it a little differently. So I want your take on this. Is he hiding because someone's coming or is he hiding because Johnny's coming? He's hiding because someone's coming. Because in the book, that's what it is, is he hears someone coming, so then he goes in the church. And then when he... Because in the book, what happens is there's... Johnny whistles in the certain way that's actually, like, a thing that their gang does and Tim okay. Shepard's gang does of, like, a who's there. And then he, like, responds with the same whistle, and then he comes out where in the movie Johnny's just like whistling and I think then Ponyboy realizes it's him somehow. Mm-hmm. So I think it is a hide because you hear someone coming and then he realizes it's okay. Johnny. Because the second time we, when we just watched it now I thought oh is he like playing a joke where he's hiding and gonna pop out? Mm-hmm. Um, like And and um, so once Ponyboy passes him he's down in the cellar he does sort of pop up and it's actually pretty funny I think this is accidental he falls as he's going up 
So he also stumbles over his line. He says what he what he means to say is, you know, fancy seeing you here. But he like says it and falls. And so he's like, fancy then falls. Fancy seeing you here. Um, and then and then uh, Johnny says, well, you're getting you're acting more like two bit every day, which is funny because that is that's where I wondered, like, is he hiding to, to sort of surprise him? Because that seems like the kind of thing two bit would do. I, no, I think he's referring to him falling and then saying that because in the book, he also falls. And then says that that's not an accidental. That's like he. Was oh, suppo- that's that's yeah. in the text. He's supposed to like trip and fall and then say that to him. Weird. He's trying to be funny. Okay. Okay. Um. So so we have this. I like that little exchange. Yeah. Um. It's again. It's it's unnecessary. It doesn't really establish anything. But but it is. I like mm-hmm. it. Um. I like the way it's shot from the cellar, and we see Johnny yeah. carrying a a big like wooden crate of groceries. And, uh, you know, he reminds Pony that, that, uh, Derry said, or D- Dally said, once you get into the church and get the supplies, mm-hmm. he says, don't stick your nose out, right? Stay in the church. So, yeah. He, so, uh, um, like, he reminds him of that. Honestly, they really don't follow that in this week. I think they might just realize that, like, no one comes there, but, like, yeah. they really don't follow that. Yeah, and it's hard to know if what he means is, like, don't go far afield of the church, because he does tell them there's a water pump, so it's like, yeah. you have to go outside for that. So I don't think he literally means yeah. don't stick your nose up, but, but it is, like, there is don't a, be outside in unnecessary ways. There does seem, like, parts later in, the, in like, them being at the church that they're just, like, hanging out outside. Yeah, yeah. So we go into the church... And they go through the box of groceries. So we see them pull out things. We see um, him. We see uh, Johnny pull out a loaf of bread, a bunch of bologna, some peanut butter. And then Pony realizes that Johnny has also bought a copy of Margaret Mitchell's Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pony asks how Johnny knew Pony really wanted to read that book. And Johnny says he remembered Pony saying something about it when they went to see the movie. He thought he says I thought maybe you could read it out loud to help help kill time. I love I mean this is a book deep. This is obviously in the book Gone with the Wind plays a significant role in the mm-hmm. book. But I love the way this plays out because Pony gets the book and it feels like a gift. Like how did you know I wanted this? Yeah. And Johnny says you know, he says, like, oh, I remembered you talking about that. So it also shows Johnny is, like, a good friend. Like, yeah. paying attention to be, like, because I, I feel like they didn't, it's not like they saw Gone with the Wind last week, right? Like, Mm-mm. it's something that stuck in his mind of, like, Pony wants to read this book. I see it here. Hey, this will also help pass the time. It also shows Johnny's a smart kid. Like, yeah. they're going to be bored up there. I also think it's so sweet that, like, they went and watched Gone with the Wind together. I don't know. There's just something about that that's really sweet in my mind. Yeah. There are elements of their friendship that I really enjoy, and that's one of them. So um, they keep pulling stuff out of the box. Um, Cigarettes, which I don't want, but I get it. Um, Like, that's something. So it shows that, that Johnny's thinking about, again, thinking about what are the things that they gonna perceive that they need yeah and then a deck of cards too mm-hmm. like okay well we we have yes. to pass johnny's thinking about how are we gonna pass the time up here i also there's a there's a part in the book where um pony boy actually says like i'm glad that i ran away with johnny than other people <gasps> like someone else in the gang because they wouldn't think to get some of this stuff and oh really like, i yeah, forgot like, about that they thought well he, 
the thing he's actually talking about is like that Johnny gets a bar of soap. Oh, but, like okay. there's so many other parts of it too that it's like, yeah, it's really smart. You get a deck of cards. Yeah, like that's a smart move. Yeah, that that reminds me of your mom. I yeah. feel like she'd be the type of person who would be thinking about what are we gonna do and would get a deck of cards because she always packs stuff like that when we go places. Yeah, even if they're places where you wouldn't think you're gonna play cards. So that's that's uh I think that that's definitely a, a a good sign of what the type of person that Johnny is. Yeah. Then Pony Boy pulls out something else from the box, and it's kind of puzzled, <sighs> right? Because he pulls out a bottle of peroxide. Uh, and he looks at Johnny for a second and he says, you're not thinking. And Johnny says, we're going to cut our hair and you're going to bleach yours. They have descriptions of us in the paper and we can't fit them. And this is such a sticky point for for, for Pony. He's like, "I, you're not going to touch my hair. Um, and the book goes into a lot more of this, but it is yeah. it is their identity, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they are literally called greasers. They have grease in their hair. They have long hair. It's one of the things that defines them as different than the Soshas. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Johnny's like, we that stuff's gone now. We yeah. need, we need to make sure we don't look like the people in the descriptions. Mm-hmm. So, so excited! So so Pony Boy keeps protesting about uh, about the haircut. And Johnny says, look, we're going to have to do it anyway. If we get caught, you know, the first thing the judge does is make you get a haircut. It's just their way of trying to break us. Um, and Johnny explains that he's going to cut his own hair, too, and he's going to wash the grease out of his own hair. So it's so eventually Ton- Pony Boy relents, right? I feel like there's this happens a lot in this story where there's this mm-hmm. sort of protest against something, but then it's like, okay – I see your point. We're going to do this. So, so yeah. Johnny really is. What I like about this is Johnny, who's often portrayed as like shy and scared, like he's really taking the reins here and he's saying, mm-hmm. here's what we're going to do. Here's what we need to do. Um, and he's kind of in charge and, and kind of in a leadership role here. And I really yeah. like that. So I say, like I said, Ponyboy finally relents to have his, his hair cut. Um, and Johnny pulls out his switchblade because. Although he got peroxide, they don't have something to cut their hair with mm-hmm. other than a knife. Um, and it sounds so painful. Yeah, you've gotten lots of hair haircuts in your life. I've yeah. gotten a lot. Never had my haircut with a knife. Um, I never want my haircut with a knife. So now we go into this scene of of Johnny cutting his hair, literally like sawing through Pony Boy's hair. Like he'll grab a patch of hair. And then just saw through it mm-hmm. with the knife. It looks very painful. This looks very tedious. It looks impossible to do this well. I mean, you're just cutting yeah. off like literal chunks of hair. Uh, and as all this is happening, um, Carl Perkins' Lend Me Your Comb starts to play. Um, which is, again, maybe a yeah. little on-the-nose needle drop, but it's fun. I, 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 I like this. This is another one of the scenes where it's like there's not a lot of talking and you kind of get into the music that's playing. Yeah. And in the in the... 83 version it's you don't have that right there's just no music yeah and, and it's 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 still really funny but it's a lot less fun like it's it's enjoyable yeah. because lend me your comb is a fun song yeah you know, it's lend me your comb my hair is a mess and it's like their hair is really gonna be a mess after this <laughs> um so pony boy starts to complain about johnny having to pull on his hair so hard in order to like straighten it out enough to cut um, and then he wants, uh, Ponyboy wants to see his hair and Johnny says, no, you have to bleach it first. So Ponyboy says, okay, just bleach it then. 
I want to say that's a smart move by Johnny yes. of like, no, you're not going to look at it until it's done because yep. then you're not going to want to do it. Exactly. Exactly. Again, Johnny is like in charge. He's in this. smart. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost as if when he was sitting on that train holding the gun, he was also thinking about like, okay, what, what do we have to do? Or mm-hmm. when he was walking to town, he was really, he's been processing a lot. And, yeah. I, and I think that's kind of cool. Because mm-hmm. this is not stuff that Dally told them. This is Johnny acting on his own saying, okay, what makes sense? What's the reality of the situation? How are we going to deal with it? And how am I going to get Pony to do what he needs to do? Mm-hmm. So we cut to Johnny walking out to the water pump area. And he's carrying a broken mirror. So we don't get a scene of the hair actually being bleached. Mm-hmm. But as he's carrying this mirror, he gets up to Pony Boy. Now, we don't see Pony Boy. But we do see the reflection and his reflection in the mirror. And we're going to work, do our best to try to describe this. In the mirror, we now see a blonde pony boy with knife cut hair. Kind of a like, it kind of looks like a, like a blonde, like page boy haircut. Yeah. Except it's cut with a knife. (laughs) It's so weird because it's like really like almost like curly and like kind of. I saw one description that said, like, bowl cut-like, but not really, because it's, like, really, like, framing his face. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's chunky and choppy, but it also it also is like a bowl cut that where if the – depending on what the bowl is like, where it is built to sort of, like you said, frame the face. And it's, like, yeah. the sides kind of curl just a little bit on either Ooh. side to – um yeah, to frame his face. It, his hair is going to look bad in this movie. Yeah. But this shot is the worst. It, yeah, it, it only gets better. It doesn't really get worse than this shot, but this is bad. Yeah, so the first time we saw this movie, I think all four of us, uh, <laughs> your mom and I, and then you and your brother were watching, and there was an audible burst out of laughter from all well from at least you and i at this moment it's such a like it's such a funny look and it looks i mean it looks like it's not a wig yeah it's not a wig this is his hair right but it looks like they popped a wig on him and yes. to be like well okay let's do our best to like because it just looks it's it it's looks such a styled it's such a different color exactly it's like accident i mean it's it's accidental because it's cut with the knife but it looks like it looks like this is the look they're going for. Yeah. You know, like it's it's like it's almost too well done uh-huh. in a choppy page boy blonde dyed oh, kind of way. It's so bad. Yeah, it's 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 really it's bad. It's so bad. But that's effective because this is exactly what Pony Boy doesn't want. Yeah, and it's also it just adds to it too, like he looks so mad. Yes. And like if you saw a person who had this haircut who was also kind of laughing at it, it'd be like, yeah, that's funny. But if you see a person of someone looking really angry and also has this haircut, yes. it's way funnier. So we see him kind of look in the mirror and he's smoking a cigarette and he says sarcastically, geez, this makes me look tough. And it's just like, yeah, you don't. It's, it's yeah. not, it is, it is not great. Uh, he just looks dejected at this point. Yeah, he's just so sad because also if you, in the book, too, there's so much more about not only how their hair labels them as greasers, but about how he loves his hair specifically, how he loves the length and the color, and he just loves it, and then it just turns into that. Yes, it's losing it's losing oh. all of that. 
Um, so then Johnny pulls the knife and says, okay, go ahead, get your jollies. Cause it's like, now you can cut my hair. And Pony Boy gets a smile on his face now because it's like at least he can return the favor. Yeah. So we see Pony start to saw away at Johnny's hair. And in the middle of this, we cut to a scene of a, of a bunny looking on and like covering its face. <laughs> it's as if the bunny can't, can't bear to look at this either. Oh, I actually, there's something that just makes me smile about them talking when he's cutting Johnny's hair of him like getting his revenge. Yes. There's just something really nice about it. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. It's not even really funny. It's just like I enjoy that they're kind of joking with each other. Now, here's an interesting thing that happens next. You think about a director's cut like this where it's the where it's expanded and you think, well, the big thing they're doing is they're adding. They're switching the music and they're adding in stuff that was cut out. Mm-hmm. What happens next in the 1983 film is we have this conversation between Johnny and Pony Boy, and we see only their reflections upside down in the mirror of them talking. Isn't it like the lake that's by the Oh, not the mirror. Sorry, yeah. the lake. Yes. Um, there, you see the reflections in the lake. And uh, that scene's not in the mm-hmm. the complete novel. That he cuts out of the complete novel. Yeah. And so the scene in the complete novel version that follows us is they have like this conversation in the book, the stuff they say in the conversation at the lake is the thing at the beginning of the conversation that they have in the complete novel version. So it's this weird thing of like in both of the movies, there's parts of this conversation that's supposed to be just one conversation. That's really interesting. Yeah. So they just like switched which half the conversation and they, for the complete novel version, they picked the longer half and I think the better half. Yeah, absolutely. So we so we we get that scene cut out. So instead, we just see the lake and then the steeple of the church, and we see that the sun is starting to set. So like we've kind of reached the end of another day, uh, and we we go into the church. Johnny and Pony Boy are sitting in the church, uh, and Pony is crying. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny apologizes for cutting Pony Boy's hair because he assumes that's what this is about. Uh, Pony Boy says, it ain't that. I'm just mixed. I'm just all mixed up. And he's been eating like a, a Hershey bar mm-hmm. and he throws it away, which is funny because like they have a limited amount of supplies. And in the book, they even talk about how it's like they ate the, the candy yeah. bars first because that's what they like the best. So it's like, why is mm-hmm. he throwing away almost a full candy bar? At first, like when I watched this, it really bothered me because I'm like, why are you throwing that away? And now I think I get why. It's because in the book, he's like crying and also eating this and it just seems really pathetic. And then in the movie, on top of that, you have the really bad haircut. So I think they were almost like, let's just save you the pain of having to have this haircut, be crying and eating this at the same time. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just a really sad thing to watch. But he should just set it down and be yeah, like, Yeah, he should I'll have set it later. down. Because I mean- Granted, he's throwing it away. He could go pick it up later, but it's like it's going to have like dust and cobwebs on it. Like, so yeah, protect protect your food. It bothers me. He throws it, but it's also like I get why they're like we don't want him to have this. It's another another thing we have to do. It's another layer to the depressing watching him cry with this haircut. Yes. Um. So so, uh, Johnny. Again, this this whole five minutes is about Johnny being smart and a good friend. Yeah. He puts his arm around him and says, you know that one horse store this morning, the store he went into? Mm-hmm. says, I was thinking, 
Tubit could have walked out with half that thing. So there's just this sense of like, okay, how do I redirect whatever's going on here? Let's let's change the subject. Yeah. Now, in this scene, we see the completed haircuts from both Ponyboy and and Johnny, the haircuts they yeah. gave to each other. Now, Ponyboy's looks different now because he's moved away from the initial like Front page stuff. boy, everything kind of curling his face to now he's like tried to put a part into it. So yeah. it looks a little better. A little, now. It's still real bad though. And yeah. then like in this scene, kind of like moving into the next five minutes, but also a little in this, you start to see kind of the sides and back of his head mm-hmm. and it's just bad everywhere. It is rough all over. It is not good. Just like Cherry Valance yeah. said, it's rough and all like, over. Johnny's is also not great, but his looks more just like it was a bad haircut than it was cut with a knife. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Johnny ends up with the better haircut. Yeah, of the which two, is actually is better. A celebration of Pony Boy's ability to cut hair. Yeah, <laughs> you know that. Uh, that yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm kind of impressed with his skills. Yeah, because it like. Again, it's like a bad haircut, but it's like it looks I don't even I don't even know what I think it's a bad haircut. It just looks like a shorter haircut. Okay, I mean He looks it, better with longer hair. I mean yeah, I mean a bad haircut in the way like you would go to a place, ask for a haircut, and then it's just like, yeah, that doesn't look good on you. It's yeah. just like a bad choice of a haircut. Yeah, yeah. Then like it looks like it was cut with a knife. Exactly. It's a it's a nice believable haircut. Yeah. Um yeah, ponies is 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 rough, um, but yeah, it's better with the part, and it's gonna get better when they start to throw grease in their hair too. Yeah, but that Oof. all that is coming. We have made it to the end of the five minutes mm-hmm. though. Um, um, there's so, actually one thing I want to bring up. Yeah. from the um, shorter version of this movie is after they have the conversation by the lake. I forgot to say this. There is then a sh- like outside shot of the church, and then there's a voiceover. That's right. And I'm so glad that in this movie, in the 2005 release, I don't think there's any voiceovers but the beginning and end. Because in the shorter one, it's like the weirdest, this is the one spot where there's a voiceover. And it's so weird because like you could do this movie with voiceovers because they're in the book, there's like the... Um, narration of mm-hmm. it like you could do it so it would work but it's weird if you have it in the one spot well and you know what that's about right it's because they cut exactly. stuff out so exactly so so that i mean that's a classic sign that um i mean some of the greatest movies of all time have voiceover including coppola's apocalypse now yeah but it's also usually a sign of bad screenwriting or the need to edit it's like okay we're gonna we have to cut this out but how do we get from A to B? Well, we could throw some voiceover in there and just explain it away. Yeah. That's, I'm sure, what that was in the 83 it is, cut. Yeah. But I just wanted to point it out because that was one of the weirdest feeling moments of that it's movie. It's funny you say that because I haven't watched the 83 in a while, but I did watch this chunk in the 83 and I heard the voiceover. And that was going to be my question to you, which is, is there voiceover in this movie besides the beginning and end? I don't think there is. I so that's the all. that's the one point where they're like, how do we get... How do we get through this without having to explain something? And all the voiceover is, is it's just something like, those were the longest days of my life. And he says like four or five days. And it's just like, could have just somehow in a conversation had it brought up of like, wow, we've been here a week or, or like, you know, something like that. Like something else to establish time than a weird voiceover. But 
once you've already filmed it, you can't. Yeah. Go, if you're not going to go back and reshoot, it's easy to bring C. Thomas Howell into a studio to just do to just record yeah. voiceover and say, let's just, yada yada that stuff. They yeah. could have just not done it. <laughs> it must not have felt right. Yeah, it must it, not I have because it's. It, I would say the voiceover is fine but yeah. it is the awkward thing of like why do we have voiceover this one time mm-hmm. yeah yeah so um as we're thinking as we move into the book corner uh you've talked a lot about comparing this to the 83 movie are there other pieces from the book that are are starkly different or are there observations you have from looking at the book honestly like not really like most of what happens is really accurate to the book and it's yet another five minutes where there's not a lot of dialogue Mm -hmm. but like what there is pretty much follows it they have the one part of the conversation cut out but like ultimately what happens is what happens yeah i feel like you know in part because Johnny's gone for the first part of this. Yeah. And then they show up and then it's like haircutting. Like that that's the thing they need to accomplish in this five minutes. And then you can tell we've ended on the beginnings of a conversation. And I, and I feel like now we're probably going to get to a little bit more talkier part of Windricksville. Cause we, yeah. cause we've done the haircut thing. And now really what they have left to do is wait yeah. So it's waiting game time. So I, I, I have a feeling, I don't really remember, but I have a feeling where we're headed is more talking. Uh, oh, in fact, I do remember where we're headed. There, There's some really significant, important talking yeah. coming. Um, also, some Gone with the Wind coming, I think. Yeah. Um, because that plays a significant role in, uh, in this movie as well. Um, so if you were to score this on a scale of 0 to 10 in terms of fidelity to the book, what would you say? I would give it a high score, like a 9. Okay. But it is a little hard to judge because, again, like there's not a lot of dialogue and talking, but what there is is in the book. Mm-hmm. Like it all is there. It all makes sense. There's a very like minor slight changes, mm-hmm. but. And they managed to kind of word with very few words establish this the significance of like their haircuts like that that's yeah. a big deal for them to do that i mean mm-hmm. the book the book goes into that a lot more this is a lot shorter but i feel like you get it like it it's done yeah, it, that's you get done it. yeah that's done pretty wordlessly uh should we do a deep dive yeah all right so uh this week's deep dive we are looking at the other i would say co-lead to this movie um and that is ralph macchio uh uh, he was born November 4th, 1961 in Huntington, New York. Um, <clears throat> Machio got his first big break in 1980, uh, you know, roughly at the age of, of, uh, you know, 18 or 19, um, when he was cast to play Jeremy, the orphan nephew in the fifth and final season of the TV show, eight is enough. So one of the classic tropes of TV shows that have gone on for a long time is you need to introduce a new kid to like bring life to the show. Well, Machio was the new kid in the fifth season of eight is enough. Um, you bring in, especially in the eighties, you bring in an orphan, like that's a orphans were big in the eighties. So, um, Mm. so bring in Machio there to try to inject some energy into the final season of eight is enough. Um, he starred in one film before the outsiders. He was in 1980s, uh, in 1980, uh, in a military school comedy called up the Academy, which I have actually oddly seen. 
I saw it on TV probably in the late 80s. My guess is they were riding the wave of like, hey, Ralph Macchio's in the Karate Kid movies, so maybe people want to see movies he's in. So it was like on TV. It was real dumb. Yeah. But, I, but I've but i seen it. Was um, it? What's that? Interesting at all? Or no, was it just dumb. like, this it's is a, dumb? It's a dumb, very early 80s comedy, which is like done with not much of a budget, not much of a story. It's just kind of mm-hmm. dumb. Um, and then, uh, he starred, uh, excuse me, and then in 1983, he's cast to play Johnny Cade in The Outsiders. So he's 22 years old acting alongside a 16-year-old C. Thomas Howell. So there's a pretty big age gap yeah. between them. Machio famously can play a lot younger than he is. It's also, like, so funny to have that in mind and watch it because he's, like, older than Matt Dillon, too, and it's, like... You watch oh, those I hadn't scenes. thought of that, yeah. Yeah, because Matt Dillon's 19. Yeah. And you just watch those scenes and it's like, oh, he's older. That's so weird. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's he just, he reads young. Yeah. Um, he seems like the youngest one out of them. And he's, really think, like, other the than second Derry, oldest. He, yeah. Derry's older, like, by a lot. But. Yeah, because I think, like, Estevez is, like, 21. I feel like maybe another one of them's 21. But, yeah. like, he is older. Yeah, and a lot of them yeah. sometimes significantly. So, I mean, to that degree, he does a great job of playing playing down in age. Yeah. Um, and then in 1984, Macchio is cast in the role, which really defines uh, his entire career. Uh, he's hired to play, again, a uh, 15 becoming a 16-year-old, Daniel LaRusso in The Karate Kid. Uh, the Karate Kid is the fifth highest grossing movie of 1984. Uh, making $130 million worldwide on a budget of $8 million. So a wild, wild, wild success for 1984. Uh, two years later in 1986, he returns to the role of Daniel Russo in Karate Kid 2. The sequel also earned $130 million um, and is the fourth highest grossing film of 1986. So number five and number four uh, for the year, for, for the yeah. first two Karate Kid movies. So huge 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 success and they're great movies they're really really good movies, and he's really yes. good in them he's so good um and then in 1989 uh larusso or he plays again daniel larusso in karate kid 3 um that movie earns uh 39.9 million on a basically 12 and a half million dollar yeah. budget so i mean it makes its movie back in multiples but is definitely the, it's not as good this train is done at this point yeah um his acting is somehow worse yeah well because he's because at that point um what is he he's like he's, 28, he's 28 playing 18 yeah he, he yeah he definitely looks like yeah he's not a teenager yep. at that point yep you can't stretch that out uh, yeah. you can't stretch that out that long um, and it's just like, I, I feel like the ship has sort of sailed on that. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1992, he uh, stars in the movie My Cousin Vinny alongside Marissa Tomei, who wins an Oscar for her role, and Joe Pesci. Uh, he's continued to act in movies and TV. He's made 31 movies over the course of his career, done different things in TV. But the big thing for Macchio is that in 2018, he returned again to the role of Daniel <laughs> LaRusso to star in the TV series Cobra Kai. Originally, this was made for YouTube TV, uh, and the first season earned a 100% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, so Mm -hmm. universal acclaim. Uh, After two seasons, uh, Cobra Kai moved from YouTube TV to Netflix, and seasons one and two became the most watched show on Netflix. 
Uh, and as of this recording, there have been four seasons of Cobra Kai with the fifth in production. The show as a whole carries a 93% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And and Machio is a huge piece of that. Like he yeah. is he, him reprising his role now playing adult Daniel LaRusso along with William Zabka playing Johnny Lawrence. Like that's the brilliant move of that. And then they were able to take that and introduce another crop of young actors and young characters. It, if yeah. you haven't seen it, it's brilliant. It's really, it's it's so much better than you think it's going yeah, to be. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. So, so I mean, he definitely, he's interesting because at one level, his career is dominated by one role. But that one role was three movies and a wildly popular TV show. So, yeah. you know, like that, that that's a career right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, now we get to the tough question of who won the five. We talked, we were, we, we talked about earlier how we're going to get to this point where it's sort of Machio and Howl. Um, there's really not a lot of other people we can throw in here. We can throw in Carl Perkins. I don't think Lend Me Your Comb deserves to win the five, but, yeah. um, we also do have Swayze showing up in the dream and Rob Lowe showing up in the dream, um, I don't know that that's enough to <laughs> win the like five. Five seconds. Yeah. Um, we could think about Coppola here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, I think, this is pretty well directed. Things like that. But I definitely have a person that I think is the winner of this five. Is it Ralph Macchio? It is. That was mine too. I think we were celebrating how great uh, Johnny is, and I think Macchio sells all of that. Yeah. He's he seems like. What's funny is now that we don't have dally to be the like charisma in the movie mm-hmm. johnny fills that void yeah uh and i actually think machio is really kind of great here yeah um and and again i i will tell you i'm not a, the biggest c thomas howell fan as mm-hmm. i'm looking at the still that's on my computer right now <laughs> it is the crying c thomas howell with um with johnny's uh or or uh, machio's arm around him uh, and C. Thomas Howell, I just, it's just painful to watch him. And I feel like yeah. there's a natural ability coming out of Machio. So I'm happy for him to win the five here if you feel good about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he should win. All right. He did a good job. What do you think, listener? Do you think Ralph Machio deserves to win the five? Do you think we're being unfair to C. Thomas Howell? Do you like... Pony Boy's haircut. Do you wish you had that haircut? Whether you're a man or a woman or a dog, do you wish you had that haircut? Email us, channel3900 at gmail.com. Um, we can't wait to hear from you. Esme, we made it to the haircut episode. We made it through the haircut episode. Yeah. This is definitely an iconic moment for us. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, join us next week when we talk about minute 50 to minute 55. And until then... Stay gold.